Wizards fans, welcome to DC Sports Declassified. I am your host, L.E. You can find us on Twitter at DC Declassified. Come hit us up. As always, keep the conversation going. Let's interact. Let's talk Wizards, man. Let's do it. Also, we are everywhere you can consume your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Like us, follow us, whatever you got to do to get these podcasts as soon as they drop. Make sure you're doing it. All right? We rock with y'all. Come rock with us. We're going to keep this thing going. All right? Let's go. Hey, man. It's a long week. A lot of stuff going on, you know? John Wall got traded. We all felt some kind of way, good, bad, or indifferent. Not indifferent. I don't think anybody felt indifferent, but it was real. You know what I'm saying? Things got real for us around here. And I can see on social media, a lot of the Wizards Facebook groups, you know, people feel different ways. You got to respect that. You got to respect that. People have different attachments to different players, and that's all good. That's what part of the game is. So I respect it. Now it's time to pick up the pieces. You feel me? Now we got to start looking at what this team's actually going to be going into the season because it's right around the corner. But I figured let's do something fun this week. One of the things I really like about sports are player comparisons. I love them. I can't get enough of them. You know, when they're coming out in the draft and they give us these player comparisons that they rarely ever live up to, I love that stuff. So I said, you know what, after a long week, let me do that myself. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you the player comparison for the top seven Wizards on the roster. I'm going to tell you who they were compared to by the professionals coming out of college and who I see them being compared to now or my personal comparison for that player now that they've been in the NBA for a little while. All right? And if you don't agree, you know where to find me on Twitter, DCD Classified. Hit me. Come follow. Let's talk about it. You know? And if you do agree, just hit me up and tell me I'm a genius. It's all good. I'll take that too. So we're going to start with PG1, the new guy, Russell Westbrook. All right. So coming out of college, his player comparison was Rajon Rondo. Now, I know in the immediate sense, you're like, what? Rajon Rondo? You think about it, they had some similarities. Both really good rebounders for guards. You know. Not the best shooters in the world. So I guess that's it. I can see it, but I don't agree with that. No, no, no. My comparison for who Russell Wilson, excuse me, Russell Westbrook has developed into. Baron Davis. I gotta let that sit for a minute. Baron Davis. Now I know. Some of y'all are like, what? <laughs> Think about it, though. It's not that far off. They were within a couple points of each other in, in terms of career three-point shooting percentage. Both very effective scores. Both aggressive attacking the rim. You know what I'm saying? So they may not be a uh, statistical one-for-one, one, but in terms of style of play and court generalship, there's something to that. Think about it a little harder if you're hating on it right now. Think about it a little harder. You might you might come around on that one. Trust me. 
I like it. And I was a huge Baron Davis fan coming out of UCLA. You know? I think he probably had a little bit better handles than Russell, too. Because Baron Davis was a wizard with the rock. Just like I think. And he was explosive, too. You know, he was that dude that you would look at and be like, nah, he ain't going to do that. And then he does it, right? He goes over top of you and bangs on your dome, right? I like him. I like him a lot. I think that's a good cop. You might have something better. If you got a better comp for Russell Westbrook, tell me. Find me on Twitter. Let's talk about it. Keep the conversation going. You're going to hear me say that from time to time. All right, so let's go to the two guard. Now, let's let's also say, you know, we're in an era now where the two guard is starting to make a little bit of a comeback. In the mid-2000s, I think, all the way through maybe last couple of years, the two guard was kind of the forgotten feature player on a team. In the 90s, all you wanted to be was a two guard. It was like being a shortstop in baseball. And then we evolved into a small forward league, which we are now still. Right, because the small forward skill set progressed. It's a combination of the two guard and some power forward skills. So But we happen to have one of the best two guards in the league. Coming out of college though, Bradley Bill's comparison was Eric Gordon. Which I don't think is a is an awful comparison. It's just not the one that I would choose. Eric Gordon could ball. Couldn't stay healthy, but he could ball. You know? He has some big games. So I'm not mad at that comparison, though. Just not what I would choose. I think I think Eric Gordon was a little bit more of a combo guard than he was a pure two guard. You know? Whereas I think Bradley Bill is a pure two guard. And if you remember coming out of school, Bradley Bill really had to work on his handles because they weren't great. Now, the easy comparison for Brad Beal is Ray Allen. But I'm not ready to give Brad that yet. He's got a little bit more work to do. Ray Allen's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Ray Allen was something different. I love watching Ray Allen with the Sonics and then the Bucks and whatnot. He could ball, man. He could ball. And so can Bradley. Just not. I'm not ready to put him on that level yet. You tell me, though. Now, my comparison for Brad Bill, Michael Red. Michael Red was a baller, too. And some of you guys are probably not giving Michael Red the credit he deserves. And if you do, I think you might like that comparison a lot more than what you probably did when I first said that. Michael Red was one of the best shooters there was in college. That's Bradley Bill's skill set. Now, Bradley Bill might be a little bit more effective getting to the hoop, which is cool. Which is cool, but my two guard needs to be able to shoot. Both of those dudes can do that at an elite level. So I'm going with Michael Red. I like that. I like it a lot. All right, so we're going to roll to the small forward position. And I think this is the one I'm going to get the most disagreement about. And I'm ready for it. I'm built for this. Come at me, bro. Denny Avdia. Coming out of school, which was just this past season, his or coming out of into the draft, I should say. And again, all comparisons are coming from NBA draft net. His player comparison was Hito Turkoglu. All right, a little too on the nose for me, you know. 
I feel like we got to stop doing this thing where we only compare players to people with similar backgrounds or similar, like, origin. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when we get a white running back, it's like, oh, everybody's Christian McCaffrey. No. Let's be a little bit more creative, you know? Or or always comparing black quarterbacks to black quarterbacks and stuff like that. Let's let's do something a little different than that. Let's be a little bit more free with our thinking than that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I did. I stepped outside the box. I could have easily went international player to international player. No, nah, not me. Here we go. Tell me what you think about this, for real. I went Lamar Odom. That's not bad, right? Like, that makes a lot of sense. Feel free to give yourself time to think about it, but I think that makes a lot of sense. Lamar Odom could play. Lamar Odom had a lot of work to do on his J when he came in the league, and I think Denny's going to have the same problem. It can be fixed. I like what Odom did in this league, man. And if we got that out of Denny, we're doing something. You know? I like that comp. Both long, lanky guys, you know, they want to push the ball. You know what I'm saying? They want to create. I think they could, you know, both create shots for themselves. Especially Denny once he fully develops. Lamar was a baller. Now, all the off-court stuff, I'm not putting that on Denny. I wouldn't put that on anybody. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just talking about all the the on-court stuff. And I also am praying that Denny doesn't end up with a Kardashian. We don't need that. Just ball, bro. That's it. Just ball. Lamar Odom is my comp for Denny Abdia. I know some of y'all going to be hating on that one. But I challenge you. Do your research. You're going to like it a little bit more than you think you do. You feel me? Let me know. At DCD Classified on Twitter. Come holler at me. All right, so we did our point guard, we got our two guard, we got a small forward. Now we got to go to the four. And I believe Rui's going to be our starting four. I think Scott Brook might have said as much already, but that's what I think. So coming out of school, Rui's comp was Antoine Jameson. And if you're a Wizards fan right now, you're like, oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, hold on a minute, though. Because, number one, I'm not as high on Rui. I'm not down on Rui by any stretch. I'm just not as high on Rui as I think some people are. I think the kid can play. I think what he's missing for me, and one of the reasons I don't compare him to Antoine, that mean streak, that aggressiveness, you know, that it's my ball or nobody's ball. If you guys remember, Antoine played with a little bit of Dennis Rodman in his game. He was going all out for the rock. He was going to get it. He was going to make plays. A lot of the times he scored with just hustle plays near the rim. I don't see that in Rui. That's why I don't like the comp. You know, Rui's going to be effective as long as the system is designed to allow him to be effective. When it comes to players, that can certainly work in the NBA. Just not my preference. You know? That's why my comp for him is Al Horford. Yeah, Al Horford. Now, I know Al Horford had really strong back-to-the-basket game. And I think Rui still 
needs to develop that. But they both have that similar style of letting the game come to them versus they're going to go out there and go get it. And listen, for Al Horford, that resulted in some really strong games. It really did. He's put together a really nice career. Where, you know, Rui, I think, can follow similar paths and have a similar type of career. I mean, remember, Al Horford was one of the biggest free agents, right, of his time. I think his first trip in a free agency. Kick and ball. Kick and ball. He's a scorer, too. And if you're a Wizards fan, you know what happened when Al Horford got that rebound against us in the playoffs. Oh, man, it was not good. So I hate to invoke that on you guys, but that's where I see him going. You know, that's the kind of player I see him as, as an Al Horford type. All right, last starter, Thomas Bryant. Let's talk about Thomas for a minute. He's, he's, he's an interesting player. He's one of those guys that I really like, but I wonder if we're ever going to see it all together. Right? Are we ever going to see the complete package of Thomas Bryant? I don't know. Because if he does put it all together, there might be something special there. But I'm afraid that what we're going to see is inconsistent, really good play. But just not on a consistent basis, right? Some nights he's going to do really well with rebounding. Some nights he's going to give you a little bit more offensively than you're expecting. Some nights it's going to be blocked shots. But if he can ever put those things all together every night when he shows up to the court, he can make some noise in this league. You know? But he's got he's to do that. Coming out of school, his comparison was Dwayne Coswell. And I know a lot of you guys are thinking, who? And I am too. I tried to Google it. Man, did I have a hard time finding information on Dwayne Coswell. So I didn't even try anymore. I'm just going to give you the comp. His comp for me is Kevin Serafin. That's how he liked to have it pronounced. Some of you are going to say Kevin Serafin, but it's Kevin. He was French. He was, Serafin was one of those incredibly frustrating players because that dude had talent by the pound, but he couldn't figure it all out how to put it together. I think he lacked a little bit of that mental intensity he needed to really reach his true potential. And as I said before, that's kind of where I see Thomas Bryant right now. Hopefully, he can put it all together and, and then mature into something more than that. But I, I, that's how I compare him. Because I was a huge fan of Seraphim. I thought he could really be impactful in this league. But he always came up short. He didn't have to, but he did. And I don't want to see that from Thomas Bryant. I want to see Thomas Bryant go out there and give it everything he's got. All the time. All the time. You know? So that's your top five. All right, let's look at the bench now. We're going to take the top two guys off the bench and give their player comparisons. I thought I did a good job on the starters, by the way. Let me know. You agree with what I got to say? DC declassified on Twitter. Come holler. First guy off the bench, Davis Berton. I know there's some debate about whether or not he's actually going to be a starter. I don't think so. 
And I agree with the fact that he shouldn't. I think he adds the most value coming off the bench for us, providing that spark with the shooting. He's going to play a lot, no matter what, if he comes off the bench or he starts. But I like him off the bench best. So, Davis is obviously an incredible shooter. He showed us that last year. I mean, dude is lights out. He kind of has that Clay Thompson range. Ooh, man, he got me excited watching that ball last year. Now, imagine what he's going to do on a much better team this year, in my opinion. But coming out of school, his comp was Kyle Korver. And honestly, that might legitimately be, be the best comp for him. But that would be lazy of me. I'm going to put in the work for you guys. That would be lazy of me just to say, okay, well, it was Kyle Korver. And I agree with Kyle Korver, even though I do agree with it. I said, no, no, no. Let me find another guy. Vashon Leonard. A lot of you guys might not know who that is. Homie can shoot. He shot 40-plus percent a couple years in a row. Bounce around with a few teams. But that's what shooters do. You know, we're never the feature guy of the offense, but he can make some plays. He can score some points from deep. That's what he's there to do. And I think Corver was a little bit more of an integral part of the offense in Cleveland when he was with Brian. And that's why I'm not going to immediately go with that comparison. Yes, I know Corver played other places. I get it. But I'm going with Kyle Corver. Not Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver was his comparison out of school. Vashawn Leonard is my comparison for Davis Burton. You know what to do if you disagree. Come find me. Come talk to me. Online only. I ain't finding nobody. I'm talking about online only. All right. Last player for the comparison is Troy Brown. Now, Troy Brown is was a frustrating pick for me coming out of school. Not because I didn't like the dude, but just because it was like uh, another small forward. Okay. Another small forward that is going to take a lot to get to his full potential. When we haven't really gotten that full potential from the other small forwards that we've taken. But I like him as a, as a rotational guy. I really, for a while, I was hoping for a lot more from him. I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, he is what he is. And I'm the one that's got to accept it. So I did. And I don't really expect too much more from him other than what he's been giving us. But his comparison coming out of school, according to NBA DraftNet, was Steve Smith. Now, if you remember Steve Smith with the Hawks, you're going to look at me the same way I'm looking at you through this microphone and be like, nah, bro. Steve Smith was legit. Troy Brown isn't even remotely there yet for me. So I said, okay. Who else can we comp this guy to? I went with Harrison Barnes. That probably wasn't the first name you thought of. But Harrison Barnes only averages about 15 points for his career. He's he's a good shooter, and I think Troy Brown can put the ball in the hole when he needs to. But he's a guy that didn't ever fulfill his full potential. I mean, Harrison Barnes, coming out of high school, was the guy. The guy. Don't ever sleep on his high school to college transition. But he didn't live up to that. So now he's a guy. Like, he's he's a piece to a team, he's probably not the first option. His whole career, he's probably not worthy of being the first option on the floor. And I don't think Troy Brown will ever be the first option. And I, and in truth, he's probably the third option. And I think, you know, when he comes off the bench, Troy Brown can fulfill that same role. I like the kid. He's just not a uh, front-line starter for me. 
So I went Harrison Barnes. And if Harrison Barnes didn't have that hype coming into the draft, I think a lot more of you would agree with that. But unfortunately for Harrison Barnes, it's hard to shake off that expectation factor, right? Like when when a guy's uh, supposed to be an all-world player, it's hard to say I'm going to settle for him just being a dude who can score sometimes. So he'll never escape that. I think that was part of the issues with his career. But player-to-player comparison, removing the hype, I think it's a pretty darn good comp. Let me know what you think. You right? Let's keep the conversation going. All right, so so let's take a, a look back at what we would have had if these players were on our team based on the comps I had. So our starting five would be Baron Davis, Michael Red, Lamar Odom, Al Horford, and Kevin Serafin. How many games in today's NBA Eastern Conference would that group win? And I think if you look at it, it would be somewhere in the same range as our team is going to win in the East. That's how I know my comps were good. You know, I think this team probably wins 40, 44 games, something like that, right? And I think that team, if we were to have Baron Davis, Michael Red, Lamar Odom, and uh, Al Horford, and Kevin Serafin would probably do something similar. It'd probably be around the middle of the pack in the East. And then they do it, you know, and then you see what happens in the playoffs. Especially if you have Bashawn Leonard and Harrison Barnes coming off the bench. Now, look, when I first started doing these comps, I bet you were like, oh, you are out of your mind. But then when you hear the whole roster together, you see the similarities and what the production probably would have been. What the record would have been with a similar team. You see? You got to think ahead. Now it all makes sense, right? Anyway, this is a lot of fun. I always like chatting with you all. Once again, come find me on Twitter at DC Declassified or interact with me on social media, wherever you can find me posting stuff about the podcast or the Wizards in general. Let's talk about it. Keep the, keep the conversation going. But most importantly, make sure that you subscribe and follow this podcast wherever you consume your podcast. It's the only way we can Make sure that you're going to get the latest episodes and I can keep delivering this to you and we can keep the conversation going. Wizards Nation, I am out of here. Have a blessed week. Stay up.